Daf was Daf number 105. Today is 106. We'll do a review of yesterday's Daf, and then we'll get to today's. We are learning for Rosh Hashanah. Have in mind, our learning should be Rosh Hashanah for Schos for Rosh Hashanah for Amy Bastvora for Adas Basronia for David Ben Mazal and Michal Aviva. Okay. So we uh, started off the new parak, last parak in Sechus Ksuvis, talking about these two judges that were in Yerushalayim, Anbon and Chanan ben Abishalom, and they Chanan uh, um, said two controversial things that were disputed, and Anbon said seven. Um, and basically, the first halacha is is that when a man goes Medina Siyam goes overseas, and his wife claims mezonos. So according to Khanan, it's sufficient to just swear at the end. And you don't have to uh, take any oaths in the beginning when she wants to collect uh, money for her expenses or costs, cost of living. Um, the B'nai Khanan don't disagree. They said that she has to swear up front as well. Um, both times, in the beginning and, end, and at the end, after, let's say, it turns out that her husband is dead, and she wants to collect the ksuva, she's going to have to swear then again. So, um, uh, the later uh, Tainoim, or you have to realize time-wise, these, uh, these, these individuals were early, early, like very early, They're like during the time of the second base of Migdash. Um, and the later, like towards the end of the second base of Megdash, was Rabbi Tosav and Hirkanis and Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, and they, um, and they also lined up. Rabbi Tosav and Hirkanis went with Bnei Kahanim Gedolim, and Rabbi Yechem and Zakai went with uh, uh, Chanam on that. That's little Tishaba Lubasov. Okay. So the Gemara was bothered. First of all, why are you saying there's two, there's three? You have Anman ben Gedol, you have Chanam Mitzri, and Chanam ben Avishalom. So um, it's a, and it says that it's Dayani Xelos, not Dayani Xeros. So it's two questions, well, three and two, and Xeros or Xelos, which is it? So um, so I understand three and two. You can say that uh, um, we're talking about you know exceptional ones, not any old one. Okay, but uh, what's the story with Xeros uh, Xelos? So the Gemara explains that that they were Gozer Xeros for Xelos. Meaning they made penalties for theft, um, and that was a story of somebody. Uh, they even though you know, it wasn't that much of a damage that somebody cuts a sapling off of somebody else's tree to make you know to grow his own. Um, so that is um, uh, they they made a decree of uh, that if it's one year then it's then 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 uh, two kesef, two years. Forecast, meaning there's a penalty, a number that that's sort of like above and beyond the the actual damage that that he's causing. What do you anyway, mean one year? I don't understand. One a year. one-year-old sapling, it's a very young sapling. So that's uh, so the he cut it the, once, no? Or you mean from a sapling? He didn't cut it down. He he took a cutting off a sapling. Huh. He stole, but it's not really a law. Lo- the dollar loss is hard to. Is not significant, but uh, but uh, it's, it's it's annoying or whatever you know. Like it, it, you can't really figure out a dollar, so they made it into penalties. That's how they did it. 
That's what he said. One, one silver coin, two silver, four, whatever. Anyway, uh, it was two or four. Anyway, Murray had another contradiction. It said that there were three Dayan Xeris in, in Yerushalayim. It was Hanvan, Hanan, and Nachum. So uh, Rav Papa says that the town of Nachum is in Britain. Nachum, Rav Nachum says that Nachum Amadi was also amongst the girls of Xeris in Yerushalayim. And Chum disagree with Rabbi Nassim. So Gemara says, well, how can you say that there's old, only those? Rabbi Nachum's Bar Yoshia said that there were 394 Bati Dinim just in Yerushalayim. And there were that many shuls, and there were that many houses of study, and there were that many Chadarim, you know, grade schools. So Gemara says, you're right. Of course, there were many more judges, but what we're talking about is judges that were Gozer Xeros. That's a different level. Okay, next we saw Rav Yudas named Ravasi that the Gozer Xeros in Yerushalayim, they paid 99 mana a year from the Trumas Alishka. If they weren't, they didn't want that, or it wasn't enough for them, they, so then they would add on. So what do you mean they didn't want? They want more, but they're demanding a raise, so it's this, that's Rishayim, to demand a raise, Stamazai. So he says, no, if it didn't cover their expenses, of course they would never demand a raise. But, inflation, um, inflation. But if it was right, inflation, they couldn't pay for the bill, pay their bills, so then they would add to it. So we have here an interesting, you know, we got a little sidetracked on the topic of uh, Karna. Okay, Karna would take a small amount of money from both sides of any dispute that he was adjudicating, and he would judge for them. The question is, how is that legal? Is not taking bribery. So maybe you'll say that taking bribery is only when you take it from one side, because you might shift the halacha to that side. But if you're taking from both sides, then it's okay. But uh, it's not true. Even in that case where you're not shifting the halacha, you're not, you know, not shifting... You're going to still come out with a, a correct ruling. It's still forbidden, and it's still called bribery. So, so because it's two pesukim, it's shochad lo sikach and lo sata mishpat, separate, separate dinim. So, um, so the Gemara says you're right. If he's taking it as a bribe, that's a different story, right? He's like, if you give me a little dollars, you know, whatever, that's the taking it as a bribe. You're asking for money from each side. On the slide, that's a bribe. That's accepting bribery, even if you take it from both sides. Um, Karna took it as wages. So even that, if, if you take wages to judge, that's also, the judgment is invalid. So the Gemara says, he wasn't taking wages for judging, he was taking wages for the, his inability to work at that time. It was called Skarbatala. So, well, even that is not allowed. It's or not not allowed, but it's mechura. It's an acceptable din, but it's mechura adayin. It's it's ugly. It's an ugly thing when you get paid for that. So what the Gemara says that's if it's schabatala, uh, which is not muhach, which means you know, like, who says that you know you're really losing that money? But he was actually able to demonstrate that he was losing money um, because he had a job, and that job would. He would, you know, he would be doing his job. He would be getting X amount of money for the job, and now he can't do it. And it wasn't like it's like a type of job that, you know, maybe they'll have that opportunity, maybe he won't. This job is a, you know, it's a high demand job, and they're, always, you know, he would be, uh, he can't take those jobs at that time. So that that was something that is demonstrable. That would actually be acceptable. We find Rafuna 
he also took money to be judging only, um, he said, his, he didn't take money, he said, find somebody to fill my spot, to water my, my field, and, uh, and then I can judge you. Um, so, in other words, because that's what he would be doing otherwise, he would be wor- working in his field, watering his field. All right. Um, Rebavo said, how powerful um, a shochad is. He said, a person is, has an eye ache, who's going to the doctor, ask him to make his eyes, eyes better. Med- maybe the medication will work, maybe it won't. Go, it's iffy. But, uh, and, uh, and here you take, uh, you have a judge who takes a, who takes a, a proof is worth and he's immediately blinded, okay? And that's what it means. So that's how powerful it is. Um, so it says, So if you could do that to a chacham, can you imagine what it could do to a deepish? If you could do it to a tzaddik, can you imagine what it does to a rasha? So it says, what kind of judges are tipshim and rishanim? Okay, let's not ask that question. It's too close to home. But anyway, there might be judges out there that that are like that, not, uh, but hopefully not in not in amongst the Jewish people, not Jewish judges. Anyway, so what it's saying is, is that there's an idea, even a very wise chacham, and takes a shaychad, he will actually come with a sanus alev, something his heart will be blinded. Okay, he lose his ability to be impartial, and the same is with the salaf to be tzaddikim. Um, that even if he's a tzaddik gomor, takes bribery, you have a tear of hadasa, inability to think clearly. All right. <coughs> Story goes with Rav Dimi, he said Rav Nachman Bar Kohen said a drasha, when the puzzle says, Melech B'mishba Yaman Eretz and Ish Trumas Yarsena, it means that a judge needs to be like a king. A king doesn't need anybody. He's, he's, he's independently wealthy. He, nobody, he does, he's not beholden to anybody. That's the person who can be a proper judge. But if he is somebody that's like the Kohanim who go around to the silos to get their food, so then that's destructive. He's like, uh, he can't be a, an accurate judge. He's always looking at, like for his angle, like maybe if I favor this guy, he'll, you know, I'll get a benefit out of that. Because you know, he's a needy person. A needy person can't, can't really judge accurately. That's the idea. All right, next we saw Rabbi Barshila saying a judge who borrows things is already possible to judge. That's only if he doesn't lend equal to what he's borrowing. In other words, uh, you know, then it's okay. So, like, if uh, you're borrowing your friend's shovel, but you know he's borrowing your your ladder, so okay, whatever. It's a, that's a, that that's not a big deal. But it's when he's always only on the recip- receiving end of borrowing and never on the lending end. That's when it's an issue. Um, I rather what's borrow- the like, is this to the like if it's from like, it's not from plaintiff. It's just for random people, right? It's yeah, but he's the judge in town. Yeah, the point is, who's going who's to come up and perform a court? Yeah, well, but I'm saying that he can't perform. A... That's what exactly what it's saying. Oh. A guy who's a borrower is on a, uh-huh. is a is it's a problem. You know, the guy who doesn't ever have anything, he's always like going to the neighbors. Does anybody have one of these? One of those? One of those? So then, he's bold to people. It, it affects his ability to think impartially. Uh-huh. So. I would we find that Rava actually borrowed from the Bay Barmerian. So he says that was a different situation. It was Lach Shuvinhu Huda, but he was trying to 
make them feel good. <laughs> he didn't even need it. Okay, I don't know exactly what the story is, but a different situation. Now, what's the reason of Shochat? So Rav explains a very fascinating insight. He says that uh, as soon as you receive a, a, a bribe from someone, so you automatically feel connected to that person, and that person becomes like you, like one with you. And, um, and, and just like you can't see your own faults, so too you won't be able to see this person's faults. Um, and uh, that's the word shochad is actually coming from. Shehuchad, that you're one with that person. You're, that you're mm. one and the same. Nice, uh, mm, interesting sure. insight. Yeah. Next, we saw Rav Papa said that a person shouldn't judge somebody he really uh, has an affinity for and not somebody who has a real hatred towards. Um, but because the one you have affinity for, you're not going to see anything negative, and the one you have hatred towards, you're not going to see any positive. Um, anyway, Abaye says that um, if, if you have a, a, a rabbinical scholar in town that is beloved by all, it's not a necessarily a good sign. It's not that he's such a great guy. It's that he never rebukes people. So it's not, it's not a good sign. Okay. Um, Rava says, I used to uh, think that people in Mechuzah all like me. Then I'm judging, and some of them will like me, some of them won't like me. Then, I, but those people who uh, lose today win tomorrow. So if they're going to like me, they'll like me. If they're not going to like me, they're not going to like me. In other words, it's like... Because uh, I stay, I don't, I'm not like only favoring one side. I, mean, I you know, shake it up. Okay. Whatever the ruling is. Okay, next we said, Pasuk says, um, This doesn't even mean Shechet Mamon, it even means Shechet Dvarim. And give a few examples of Shechet Dvarim. Um, like Shmuel, he was crossing uh, a ferry, and, they, and a guy helped him off the ferry. And he said, What are you doing here? And he says, oh, I have to be judged. You know, I'm here to be up. Oh, helped me out. He helped me off the boat. I can't, I can't, I'm not fit to judge you. A maimer was sitting and judging, and a feather came on his head. Uh, you know, flew, you know, landed on his head, and the guy picked it off, you know, to clean him up. You know, so he says, uh, who, what are you doing here? He says, oh, I'm here to be judged. He's like, I can't fit. I'm not fit to judge you. Oh, even something as minor as that, you know, like... Modern days, like the guy, you know, fixed your collar, you know, fixed, folded down your collar. Something even as minor as that is, uh, falls into the category of something that is like impossible to judge him. Cause like holding the door open for you? Holding the door open for you, exactly. That's just a, a protocol. Yeah. Oh, you're saying maybe that's better? Maybe that's okay? So is all these things. What, taking a feather off his head? I mean, you do that to anybody. I don't know. It sounds pretty strict. I don't know. Anyway. At least that's what he felt. He wouldn't. Um, anyway, uh, same thing with my rotva. There was uh, something like on the floor, dirty, and the guy put a uh, kerchief to block it so he shouldn't step on it. He just puzzled, puzzled himself to judge on that. So um, um, we have a, a story with Rabbi Shmuel Berba Yossi. He says he had a sharecropper, and the sharecropper used to bring every Friday a basket of fruit from the from his fields, from his fields. Okay. These were Rabbi Shmuel Bariosi's fields. And then one time he brought on a Thursday. He's like, why'd you bring on a Thursday? So he says, well, look, I had to come to town to be judged. So uh, therefore, I, I figured, why should I make two trips? I don't want to have to come back tomorrow, so I'm going to make it today. So he says, oh, you bring it a day early. That's going to make me un- unfit. I can't, I can't take it. I can't accept it. So he says, all right, whatever. I'll bring it back. What can I do? So uh, then 
uh, he got the judges, two other judges plus him, and he's thinking the whole time. It's like, oh, maybe if only he would see this. He was thinking, he saw that he was, had a vested interest in trying to find a way that this sharecropper should win the case. He said, can you imagine? I didn't even accept the bribe. Um, and even if I would have, it's not a bribe, it's my own. I'm taking my own things. It's not his stuff, it's my stuff. He's bringing me what belongs to me. And still have, I'm affected. Can you imagine if a guy really takes a bribe? It's totally affected. Similar story was with Rabbi Shmober Belisha. A fellow brought Rashi's against him, and he says, where are you from? Far away. Well, there's no con in where you are. He says, yeah, but I had to come here anyway because I'm being judged, so I figure I'll bring, a, I'll bring my Rashi's against to, to this town. So, so he says, I can't take it. Give it to another Kohen because then I wouldn't be fit to judge. And then he sat down and judged him. And he still, even though he never even accepted it, he still found himself favoring this, this one side. And he says, can you imagine how bad Shochad is, how, how powerful it is? I didn't even take it. And if I would have taken it, I would have taken what belongs. I'm a Kohen, I'm not entitled to it. And still it affected me. Can you imagine what it would be if you actually accepted? Which took us to a story which really continues in today's story, in today's stuff. We have Rav Anon. Rav Anon, a fellow brought him a, a thing of herring. Okay, so it sounds like some small fish, whatever, sardines or herring. And he asked him, what are you doing here? So he says, I'm being judged. So he says, I can't accept this. I'm apostle to judge you. So he says, forget it. So don't judge me. But I still want you to accept it because it's like I'm bringing it to a Tamachacham. It's like Bikurim. So, um, and as we find, there's a pasuk with Elisha that they brought him this food. Esrim lechem seorim and caramel b'tziklonos. He brought this special fruit to Elisha. And he calls it Bikurim. Elisha can't eat Bikurim. Elisha was from Shevet God. He wasn't a Kohen. Elamai. And when you bring a gift to a Tamachacham, that's like your makro Bikurim. So, um, he said, you know, look, I really didn't want to accept any gifts, but once you put it that way, Fine, I'll, I'll accept it. But uh, now that I can't judge you, I'll send you to Rav Nachman. So he wrote a letter to Rav Nachman. He says, look, this fellow needs to be judged. I, I, I can't judge him, so you judge him. Anyway, sure enough, Rav Nachman receives this letter from Rav Anan, and he, and he looks at it and he says, wow, Rav Anan can't judge him. Why can't Rav Anan judge him? Must be that he's related. He's related. Oh, related? Relative of Rav Anan. So there was a case of uh, case of uh, orphans that you normally give priority to, and he put this case in front of them because uh, the Asi of Kavod is other. Meantime, when when the Baldin saw the kind of covet that he was getting, that this is like some important personage that goes in front of the line, cuts the line, so the other guy he was stammering the whole time and he didn't feel comfortable saying his position, and uh, the law didn't come out correct. That's the story. That's where we left off. And then we'll continue with it from here.